Welcome to Game Store Profits, where we talk about God, gaming, and groups. I'm your host, Daniel Fisher, and along with me today, I have the most venerable, Michael Perna. You know, I really should write down the title that the guys at the Geek at Arms podcast gave me. I want to say it was something like the Archduke of Ministry Gaming or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I enjoy the heck out of that, but there's part of me that would get really tired of the joke if I tried to do it and would just sound so pretentious. <laughs> well, you know, I, I have to always give you a title when you're on the podcast. It's true. I mean, because for you're years, the president. For, for years, I mean, you could just, you know, call me the president of Inroads, but no, that would be too simple and accurate. Oh, oh yeah. It's too simple to do that. <laughs> hey, we're back. How long has it been? Like 20 years? It's It feels like it, especially for me, because I left before y'all. Yeah. There, well, were, there were months of me missing, <laughs> and then y'all went on sabbatical. So, how do you think I feel? Well, I'm, I'm glad we're back. I mean... Yeah, it's been, for me, it's been a few rough months, but I, I missed everybody, and I missed doing this, and, you know, I just felt it's time to come back, so. Well, uh, you, you kind of hinted at it there. I know that before we get into talking about all the fun stuff and games and craziness and the like, and our usual, you know, witty banter, uh, you wanted to talk a little bit more about kind of some of the stuff that happened to you in between the last episode and this one. Yes, so I think the last episode I recorded was the one with you guys talking about, uh, was it you? No, it was TR, sorry, about Gen Con. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that was a little bit right after my surgery. So I had surgery on the 15th of August. Um, If you have never met me before, I'm fat. Well, I was. 367 pounds is what I topped out at. I had a gastric sleeve done um, operation. And since then, I have lost 100 pounds. I feel great. And it's amazing. But, um, you know, I was ready to come back, you know, not even a month after that. Uh, But... Literally exactly a month after my surgery, um, my son found my dad. He had committed suicide in September, and I'm just now coming out of the closet on that one. The, the, not the closet, but like a long, dark road. Um, it's been rough, um, but I've learned a lot of things about myself, and I'm learning my limitations at the moment, and... I've actually kind of got triggers now that I didn't have beforehand. And, um, you know, everybody chokes about the whole trigger stuff. Um, you know, don't trigger that person. But it's real. Um, beforehand, I could watch movies and see people shoot themselves in the head. And now I just cringe at the thought of it. Um, you know, we've watched movies where that's happened. Uh, since then, and I've just wanted to get up and walk away. I mean, you know, you don't know how your life's going to be until you're literally there cleaning your father's brains up out of the floor. Because the police don't do it. The coroner doesn't do it. It's either going to be you or your mom. And uh, I didn't want my mom to go through that. So, but yeah, that's, I'm doing better now. I've been going to psychiatrist for it and getting counseling and... Um, 
you know, my pastor's been a great help, and so has my wife. She's been very understanding. And my son has been going to counseling as well, and me and him have been, been spending a lot of time together. I've been trying to teach him. Yeah, this is my middle child, Andrew. Um, I've been teaching him how to build models now and how to paint miniatures, and um, he's actually start. He, he went to Conapalooza with me, which was a con in October that Inroads does here locally, or we're there, we're the board game library, and um, started playing D&D and, you know, uh, Castles and Crusades and Dungeon Crawl Classics with uh, my friends, and uh, he's actually joining me tomorrow at the comic shop for his first adventure in role-playing in the public. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm I'm doing better. I, I know TR is had to recover from surgery and get his house set up for Angie. They they remodeled some, and Jeff's still going through some stuff at work. It's really busy for him, and you know, eventually Jeff may come back as well. And uh, TR said he will be able to come back as a guest from you know every now and then. So, which I'm excited about, and I'm glad Mike's back. Yay, Mike, 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 Mike. Yeah. Anyway, I. I mean, a lot of times I've been talking to people both in the tavern and just in my own life when I said that pretty much the entirety of the Inroads board has had just life kick them in the teeth. When the one of us who has dealt with the least had to literally pick up his family and move to the opposite side of the country, and their family has been the least affected yeah. out of the board you know we've been going through some stuff. Oh, yeah. It's like, I want to say, like, you know, the the Southern Baptist in me says, it's the devil. The devil's putting you through this. It's life, man. Everybody likes to give the devil credit for stuff, but, I mean, gosh, you're giving him too much power over you when you do that. I just tell people, it's like, people go through this every day. Mom told me last night. Um, I Actually, yeah, I was bringing her home from, she just had a, uh, a uh, knee replacement, and I had been taking her to physical therapy, and she's like, you know, you've been through a lot of trauma. You've lost your real dad and your adopted father, which is my adopted father to me is my real dad. He raised me since I was, you know, less than a year old. Um, and my best friend a few years back, and you, you've been through a lot. I said, like, I've not been through anything anybody else wouldn't go through eventually in their life. And uh, it's just that it's happened a lot closer. I'm about to say, to be fair, you've had to deal with it in a lot closer vicinity than a lot of people would hope to have to deal with that stuff. Yeah, I'm a best friend of 20 years, and my real dad died of the exact same thing three months apart. And um, that's, you know, they are they were both alcoholics, and they both had diabetes, and their livers just gave out on them. And uh, then, you know, that was about, what, five years ago? And then this happened, so this is what it is. So, yeah, so that is why, you know, I obviously didn't want to talk about the sabbatical. One, because I had previously been, like I said, I left the show for a little bit before these guys did. And as they came up to me and said, hey, Mike, we really we really need to take a break. I, I was like, after hearing this stuff and, and seeing this stuff progress, I'm like, no, yeah, dude stop our audience will be fine you'll be fine we'll be fine we'll get through this but holy crap stop well i mean it felt like we were faking it for a long time because we were so busy with life and everything that was going on we didn't have a lot of time to play games the only games that we really got to play me and jeff and tr pretty much dnd right i mean you know dnd is like the one of the most 
basic things in my life. I mean, I play it more than I play board games. Right. I'm just going to leave it there. Um, but, like, that's all, you know, I was in, like, a once every few weeks game, and then Jeff was trying to run a game for us, and um, that's all I could talk about is because that's all I did was tabletop. I mean, not tabletop, <laughs> but RPGs. And, uh, you know, TR was the only one that's actually getting in any real playtime on, you know, any board games. And, you know, Jeff himself, you know, he, he doesn't play board games. He just plays um Role-playing games, so I, I just felt like we we're kind of faking it there a little bit. It's it's what it felt like. I mean, we weren't really faking it, but it's just it didn't feel right. So as we come back here, you know, when when I started saying, you know, I desperately miss Game Store Profits. I love what I do with Barden Bible, which is our other podcast, but it's a completely a completely different animal than what happens here. And I, I like just being here and I like having somebody else on the mics with me. And I, and I miss these guys, you know, these guys, it's, it's funny because every time somebody asks, uh, we'll talk about, you know, people that ask us questions later, but every time somebody asks how, you know, have you guys met? I'm like, I've never been in the same room with Jeff Romo, but I've been doing this ministry with him for five years. <laughs> I've been in the same room with him. So, I mean, it this internet life is a weird thing. So this podcast has for a lot of it was how I hung out with these guys, how I connected with these guys. And so it, it, you know, ripped a part of me to, to not have this and coming back. I knew that we couldn't do it the way we were doing it simply because of the fact that, you know, a lot of us are coming out of this stuff, but it's not gone. A lot of the same stuff we've been dealing with, the stuff that drove us into sabbatical, drove me to, to walk away from the pockets for a little bit, it's still there. So how do we do this in light of the fact that that's still there? And I'm going to say a thing that I I do believe that Grant and Peter over at Saving the Game will start <laughs> twitching when I say this, and they won't know why. We've started having segments <laughs> and outlines. And no, I need, the outlines were TR. No, the outlines are TR. That's right. But the, the segments and the idea of, of really like doing some pre-planning that wasn't like basic pre-planning, it hurts me. But I will press on because it's how we're, because it's how we're going to get this done. We are still, as you can tell by the fact that we're still a couple of blithering idiots, we are still going to maintain the same tone. It's just that we are going to have segments so that you can kind of understand what we're what you can expect because, like like you said, like Daniel said, you know, we're both dads. My son is two. If you think that kid doesn't, you know, demand all my attention, I don't know what to tell you. You've clearly never been around a toddler. Yeah, my youngest is going to be three in April. Yeah. So we're both dads, and that will play into the topic later. Uh, we both have life stuff. I work nights these days. like, like So getting together is a nightmare. So how are we going to do this? Are we still going to deal with the same problem of, well, I didn't get a chance to play anything lately? Having these segments will allow us to have weeks where one or both of us just haven't been able to play anything, but we will still have things to talk about. The archive dive yeah. can still happen, and, and the new segments that we're talking about can still happen, even if we're hitting a spot 
where neither one of us could get to a table. And that's what we're hoping to see. Still giving you guys amazing tabletop-related content, but isn't dictated by our ability to get out and play. Mm -hmm. Uh, Recently in the Tavern, a bunch of people were showing up their board game stats apps and how many games they played during the year. And everyone's like, I, oh, I, I got one game a day or I got, you know, 200 something. I, I showed up. I go, I got 60 and 20 of them are playing Onirim on my phone. <laughs> and, and, and there was just this, obviously Facebook doesn't have sound, but I could just feel oh. the silence. I could oh. feel this, the painful silence when I posted that. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, I, mine wouldn't even have been that good. I, I, I don't like posting my stats. So... So, so yeah, so hopefully we'll be able to give you guys good content. We'll be able to, to, you know, have a decent kind of release schedule and we'll be back to providing you with the kind of ridiculous idiocy that you have come to know and love over the past, you know, seven ish years of this podcast. And, uh, hopefully this will help so we don't have to do a sabbatical again in the near future. Yeah. I think yeah, the spec will help me a little bit, but I mean, it's just everything fell apart right after that. But it's good, it's good, and and, and with the outlines though, it's gonna keep us from hitting goat trails. Yeah, I mean, oh well, gosh, I was bad about that. It'll it'll help. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's still gonna happen, but I mean, not as bad. So okay, well we're we're gonna we're gonna ease you all into this. We're gonna ease you into this segment life. Because we're going to start off doing what we normally do, is literally talking about what we've been playing. Uh, this is because you really can't do a, a gaming-related podcast and not talk about what you've been playing. So as long as you guys are okay with the fact that every once in a while we might get a nothing, absolute squat, I got nothing for you, move it on to the next segment, then, then this is what we're going to be doing. But it just so happens that... We actually do have some stuff to talk about in this particular edition. I know I have had an absolute run. Now, part of that is because my birthday happened recently. And so several people took pity on me and was like, like, I know it's your birthday. I know all you want is to play games. What do you want to play? <laughs> I, I will say that um, that and the fact that what recently happened not, you know, shared on podcast because of it happened during the sabbatical was I took a team to PAX Unplugged again, which let me play a bunch of games there. I won't talk about hardly any of the games I played there, but one. And that is a game that I I was absolutely blessed to receive. It actually came from Justin and the crew of Restoration Games, which I am I'm going to shout them out. They They were very kind to me. And one of the games they gave me was unmatched. My goodness. I knew that I was going to like unmatched because uh, if you don't know the, sh- the, the, the shtick for Restoration Games, if you're listening to this episode and you haven't listened to ones in the past, the whole philosophy behind Restoration Games is they take games, like old, old, old games that are way out of print and revitalize them. Give them a, a modern rules makeover. And Unmatched is the rebirthing of Star Wars Epic Duels, which is a game that a buddy of mine played, and and I got to play, oddly enough, I got to play one night when we were going to play D&D, but too many people backed out, so we couldn't, so we played Star Wars Epic Duels. In this game, you are playing as, well, 
with the expansions that are coming out at a breakneck pace, you could be all sorts of people. But in the base box, you're either going to be uh, Alice in Wonderland and the Jabberwock. You are going to be uh, King Arthur and Merlin. You are going to be Medusa and some harpies. Or you are going to be uh, Sinbad and his porter. Sinbad the Sailor and his porter. Uh, I'm going to tell you what, this game is amazing. It's so much fun. It is super good to play. Uh, it like Cards will tell you if they're played, they can be played by anybody, if they can be played by your main hero, which in the base box is uh, Sinbad, Medusa, Arthur, and Alice, or if they can be played by their one of their allies, or both. Uh, you have actions, which is to attack somebody. You have schemes, which are basically just actions that you can take that don't necessarily affect, that aren't necessarily an attack, but a lot of them are, let's just face it. And the rules break down to kill them before they kill you. <laughs> if your hero goes down first, you are done. And it's last man standing. This game is so quick and so light that it's super easy to get anybody to play this game. I am looking forward to the fact that Susan has agreed to play this with me at some point, and I, I, I know she'll love it because her alternate win condition is always kill Mike. <laughs> so she, she's going to enjoy it. Uh, but the thing that I love about it is that it is one of those games that's so easy to get into, but there is such... Each character has these such different play styles. It's so unique. And yet it does allow you to have these clutch moments. One of my favorite times I've played, I played as Arthur. And one turn, I played the Lady of the Lake card, which lets me pull Excalibur. And then the next turn, I brought it down on the other person's head. It was glorious because that person if i didn't pull excalibur if i didn't have that end all be all card they were going to kill me it was fantastic and like i said they teamed up with mondo games for this one so you, you're getting all sorts of ips bringing in already you have jurassic park which is awesome. You literally uh, play as either the guys from it was it Inogen or whatever it is, the people, the, the the science company that's making all the dinosaurs, yeah, or raptors. You play a team would, of raptors. I would like to play the raptors. Uh, they have my favorite expansion, just because it's just the lunacy of it. Bruce Lee. It's just Bruce Lee. He okay. has no sidekick. He needs no sidekick. It's Bruce Lee. <laughs> he just needs a set of nunchucks and ping pong balls. Um, and uh, the other one I know that is already out is Robin Hood and Bigfoot, which is an interesting combination. And they just announced that they're going to come up with another four character, like on it, like what's it called? It's a uh, standalone expansion. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, and it's all Victorian legends. So you got Sherlock Holmes and Watson. You got the Invisible Man. You've got uh, – I, I'm so looking – like, like my inner steampunk literally squeed when they made that announcement. So let me ask you this question. Um, so this 
kind of reminds me of Super Fight. A little bit. It's a not Super Fight's not a miniatures game, but it's you know kind of going up against each other. Is that what I'm getting from it? Well, you're you're definitely going up against each other. It's nothing like Super Fight. Okay. Uh, I know my son got to play Super Fight um, at Comapalooza with a bunch of kids, and he has been begging us to buy it. Oh, Super so. Fight! Super Fight's a blast. But no, this game is it's it's. I I don't want to call it a miniatures game because it's not like that comes yeah. with all sorts of other baggage to it. But it is like. You move and you attack and move and defend and, and scheme and do this and put guys into the right position. You've got ranged guys who can hit anybody that's on the same type of space they're on. Like, it it's so good. It's really... It, it's I didn't so, say it was bad, Mike. <laughs> it's it's so... I, like, I, I knew I would like it, but I had no idea how much I would love it. I love Unmatched. I... Literally, after the first game I played, I put every expansion in existence on my wish list. Like, I I want all of this. Like, all, all right, of now this. Now I'm to try it out. Um, <laughs> another game that I, I won't spend too much time on because, one, it's been out for ages. And, uh, two, I know for a fact that I've brought this up before is Paperback by Fowers Games. Um, Paperback is basically what happens if Scrabble and Dominion had a baby. And uh, it's a word game where you are buying letters to put into your deck and you, you spell words to get more money to buy more more cards. And uh, yeah, it's, it's an amazing game I play with my wife for ages. All we ever got to play was the uh, app version because the app version is like $2. And so it was easier for me to obtain that one. But when I was at PAX Unplugged, they had a copy of Paperback, the hard the hard copy game. And I texted my wife. I go, babe, it's, it's $25 and I can bring it home with me. And she goes, do it. It's a Christmas present to both of us. And I say, yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been, we've been playing that. That's fun. And um, another thing that I got at PAX Unplugged because my wife is amazing and told me I had a budget for my Christmas present, my Christmas and birthday present. And... Uh, I got to take home the Mansky Caper by oh. the, the Tavern's own uh, Ken Franklin. And that game, it's so hilarious. That game is a blast. If you like push-your-luck games and you like like just eyeballing people and giving them the stink eye, I love this game. Uh, one, the components. I will not shut up. My wife doesn't give a, a dang about components, but I was talking to her about how good they were because they're just that good. Like... Whoever designed the box layout of the Mansky Caper, that person needs an award. Because I'm looking at this stuff when I demoed it with Ken, and it's like, oh yeah, it's like cool cardboard safes that are three-dimensional. I'm like, those are going to break. And all these chits and everything, and I'm like, oh, that's going to be miserable. And then he shows me the box, and it's like, no, all the safes are always three-dimensional. They fit right here. This comes with a box that all the coins and all the gems fit in, so you don't have to even punch those. I'm like, yes, this is a winner. And the the whole concept of this game, you you are all playing thieves. Like, imagine like a 1920s gangster flick. You are all playing thieves going into Big Al Mansky's house trying to rob him blind. But Big Al doesn't really believe in security so much as he believes in dynamite. And so when you rob big when you rob Big Al's safe, you may end up pulling out sticks of dynamite. 
and you may end up just blowing up the room that you're standing in. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, the first game that Susan and I played of it, literally two rooms blew up the first time we went into those safes. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds interesting. I might want to try that. It was amazing. It's a ton of fun. And the thing that I like is that each character has a special ability, but you can't use it on yourself. You have to use it on other people because other people call in a favor. And there's actually a token that says, you know, you call in a favor. When you call in a favor, you force somebody to use their special ability to help you, but you lose that call a favor token. Mm-hmm. And that person has two now. So every time you're asking somebody to use their special ability, you are basically giving them permission to use yours twice. It's it's really interesting and my my favorite favorite part of this game which can only happen if you have a decent number of people so you lose mm-hmm. track of it there's <laughs> there's a rule called I I I I can't remember the exact word but I believe it's the hey buddy rule <laughs> Hey buddy <laughs> Yeah and the idea is if if two of you are at the getaway car at the same time you can literally remove your favor token from the game to say, hey, buddy, let's you and me work together. You literally dump all the stashed loot you've gotten out of the house and divide it equally between the two of you. Oh, wow. In the demo game I played, not PAX Unplugged this year, but last year, at the demo game I played, I had almost nothing, and the guy I played hey, buddy on was just rolling in it. I went from <laughs> dead last to almost first using the hey buddy rule and it, I loved that part of the game. I absolutely people I know people will hate it, but I love it. <laughs> Sounds pretty fun. But that's what I've been playing, Daniel. What have you been up to? <laughs> well, I have officially gotten a DM that actually meets on a, a, a semi-regular occasions. What do you know? They do exist. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. You know, every Father's Day, I get to go to um, our local game store and spend an entire... Well, it's the Saturday before, because the Saturday before Father's Day is usually free RPG, uh, free RPG day. So I get to spend that entire Saturday... At the comic shop, playing games, and I met this guy uh, named CJ, and CJ loves running games. I mean, he literally runs an RPG every week. Uh, the last few weeks, he's been prepping on moving, so we haven't really got to play anything. But um, the uh, he, he started running Digital Classics for me, for our, a group, and we're playing through Lantmar right now. Um, and so I've been playing Dungeon Crawl Classics, and he's uh, um, getting into a little bit of Castles and Crusades. I'm getting him into that, and I've also got a normal second edition game going right now on Fantasy Grounds, and I'm also running a fifth edition game for Game Church at the moment, and it should be wrapping up in the next week or two. So I've been playing a lot of role playing games, Mike. <laughs> well, all right then. <laughs> Before we go into a full on, you know, D and D ridiculousness, I, I this is the the first like I try very hard to come up with you know 
names of segments. Like, if I'm going to do segments, I'm going to do segments right. Yeah. But sometimes you just have to go with the silly, ridiculous, obvious uh, name naming convention. And so this one I'm going to use a little bit of, of memology and a little bit of just description. And when we talk about stuff that we're excited about, stuff that, like, makes us just foam at the mouth for what we're going to see in the future I couldn't help but call it hype intensifies <laughs> and that's, that's a good name that so, really so we're going to move into that as we're talking about future stuff. So, Daniel, you talk, we were talking about D&D and world building and all that stuff. You have something that you've been dealing with. So, yeah, um, some people may have heard of a little website called World Anvil. Um, world Anvil, I'll just give you a, just a very generic, is uh, D&D Beyond for non-D&D games. Um, so it's like, you know, you'll have, you're going to have systems like Castles of Crusades are going to have Dungeon Crawl Classics that are eventually going to start building these worlds inside a World Anvil. And I really didn't care much about it at first until I was tapped to be on the development team for Troll Lord Games for Castles and Crusades. So um, I'm taking and I'm building the world of Aired inside a world anvil for them. Um, I've been given small segments of information to put in. It's really WordPressy on the back end and it's not going to be so WordPress like on the front end, but for us that are building the, the, the worlds. And if you start building your own world, you'll notice what it's like, but that's, yeah, we're going through and building all that out for them right now. And it's uh, pretty interesting. I've, what I've played around with it, I'm super excited about it because they're going to, they're giving, these smaller companies um, steam to go up against Wizards and Pazio and stuff like that, you know, because they they don't have a development team like these other companies. I mean, you literally have companies going to Hasbro going, we want to build you this app for your your company. Well, and, and let's face it, too, when it comes to things like character building, you and I have both used D&D Beyond. There is an Inroads Ministries account specifically oh, yeah. so that guys like me and Daniel and Jeff and other people who may end up doing Inroads-related content and games, like, we wanted an account in D&D Beyond for yeah. use because we both we, like, as soon as you use it, it, it made, oh my goodness, it makes everything so good. Yeah, and and, 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 and I give fifth edition heck, and and that's only because I know it can be better, and it's going to be better because eventually they'll come out with some errata. Um, and you love it, and I think it is one of the easiest games to introduce new players to, and and that's why I do use that. But the you know, I fell in love with D and D Beyond the moment I had I was in my first campaign with it, and somebody shared books with me. I'm like. I don't have to carry my player's handbook around. I can just look at my phone and, and, and I get a DMG. And, you know, that was great. I loved it. Well, the idea of, of taking that kind of app-driven thing, like apps help significantly because yeah. the, nobody wants to do play D&D or any other game for the paperwork. None no. Of, nobody likes the paperwork. No. 
So the idea of having a system where you can have that app that, you know, allows companies like Troll Lord, like Frog God, like all these yeah. other guys to be like, hey, we have an app too now. That yeah. is genius. Oh, yeah. And it's and, and, and it's free. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, the, the, what you get at the, if you're building your own world, you can do it for free. Um, then you just add extra storage when you start paying for it. The, uh, now worlds like aired, you know, that we're creating, we're also getting ready to start the Highlands as well, which is not part of aired. Um, that's actually going to be monetized. So for you to get access to that, you're going to have to pay to get access to it. Unless you're in a game of mine and I give you access to it. Just like with Fantasy Grounds, I paid everything for Fantasy Grounds so I can give people access to it in my books. So it, it's just going to be like D&D Beyond. It's just going to be amazing, except that you just don't have D&D. If you play multiple RPGs, you're going to have the ability to do whatever you want as far as like create your content. That's friggin' fantastic. I absolutely love everything about that. <laughs> And I have a board game I'm excited about. As I say it, like I'm ashamed. Um, <laughs> somebody gave me a really old game, Shadows Over Camelot, and I've been looking at it, and and I'm super excited about playing it, in it because it's a deduction game, and and a resource management game. Oh, I I played a game with at the time it was the the Game Church guys, and I had just met them minutes ago. And uh, we played a game of Shadows over Camelot, and everyone thought I was the traitor because I sucked at the game. <laughs> oh, really? I, 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 I had to make some tough decisions, and I, I did make some stupid ones, having played it again since then and realizing that I, I didn't know what I was doing at the time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was so bad at it, they swore I was the traitor. <laughs> well, I'm excited about it, you know... Uh... It just seems like it's going to be a fun game, and hopefully I'll be able to get all my kids playing it, except for Sammy. He's too little. It, it's a blast. It really is. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, I'm about to enter into, uh, you know, the embodiment of what I used to be able to do with the, at the tavern all the time, and now I only do occasionally. Uh, it used to be that people would fear when I would post, because if I shared a link, it was probably going to make people spend money. Yes. Uh there are so many Kickstarters of such great quality going on right now that I could literally make this entire episode about the cool things I've seen on Kickstarter slash will be coming out shortly. So I'm only going to limit myself to three. Okay. One, I will mention Return to Dark Tower. Because one of the things we're going to talk about... It looks good. Not ...in the not-too-distant future is a question uh, about what we want Restoration Games to do. For a lot of people, before they made this announcement, Return to Dark Tower was the number one requested thing that Restoration Games got. It is this epic tower that sits in the middle of this this game, and it used to be 100% mechanical, like all mechanical. Mm -hmm. And they've since upgraded it. It's still significantly mechanical. I saw it at PAX Unplugged. It's gorgeous. You want to talk about table presence, it's obscenely beautiful sitting in the middle of the table it's app driven so a lot of the stuff that's happening in there like like literally things are firing off this tower 
driven by the app. Oh, wow. And I I will not spend too much time on it because, my goodness, you can tell that we've had this <laughs> backed up in us because we are yeah. just killing time. Um, just look up the Kickstarter. That was currently running. You can see everything there. They have video of it. It's, it's gorgeous. Just watch it. Um, the other one that I'm... I was already into on the artwork and the pedigree of the people involved to begin with. Uh, it's called Oath. And it's basically from the people that brought you Root, which is a game that I still yet to play to completion, but I wrote an article on it about on our site because the game, even though I haven't played a full game of it, I still think it's an amazing game. Uh, those people went and said, what if we make a game that's not really a campaign game, but games that you play do impact future games? And the oh, art wow. and the artwork is gorgeous, and it looks amazing. That Kickstarter is currently running right now. Like literally, the totals on that one, it doesn't even bother to just flash. It's like a ticker tape. Like it's just going, yeah. going, 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 going. Yeah, I've been wanting to play um, Root. Um, Jeff Jackson was going to run me a game. Root is but... a it's a great experience. Like I said, even though I've never played a game to completion, that has not been out of choice. It is literally. Just because the fates have been against me. <laughs> uh, and one Kickstarter that hasn't started yet, but I have literally been following this game through its production, is Wonderland's War. Oh, wow. It is area control, and it is bit blind bidding, and it all takes place in Alice in Wonderland, which is... It, I love anything that's Alice, and it, fe it features Manny Tremblay artwork, which... If you don't know that man, look up Dice Throne. He does the art for that. And then look up Wonderland's War. You can, I believe, you, like, like, it's on Facebook. You can see the artwork that he's making for that. And my goodness, it's just super pretty. And I, I want it. I will not even kind of be able to afford to get a Kickstarter by February. But if I did, it would be Wonderland's War. You didn't like the Dispel Dice Kickstarter? I, you know, like I said, there are so <laughs> many, so many Kickstarters right now. I could spend a long, long stretch of time doing it. Well, you know, um, talking about our segments a little bit earlier, you know, we have an original segment. The right? original. The original, and it's coming up, and I'm going to let you go first on this one. There is a game that I haven't been able to play recently, but I, I just literally, when I knew we were going to be recording, I knew we'd need an archive dive, I needed to, to pick something, and this game crossed my, my vision sitting on my shelf, and I love this game, and not enough people talk about it, not enough people have played it. It's called Viceroy. Mm -hmm. And Viceroy, when I bought it, it was from Mayday Games, uh, I listed, I looked it up on BoardGameGeek. My goodness, it has like seven different publishers, so who knows which one printed it when you got it. But I had it from Mayday. And uh, talk about blind bidding, it, you're basically making this cool pyramid of these people. And each person, depending on where they land in the pyramid, has different abilities. Mm -hmm. And it's a straight-up Euro game. Like, it is like <laughs> you're trying to just score points. Yeah. So, like, it comes in different ways. Like, like you can make, like, 
if you match the corners of the car- the cards, they have a, a kind of colored gem in it. And if you make one complete gem of the same color, that's huge points. You can uh, get spells. You can do all this stuff. And do, do they do anything? No. All they do is give you points. So it is at its core just a a crazy kind of euro game. But the artwork's cool. The blind bidding is a blast. Because what happens is you you put in one of your gems. You have to spend one of your gems to vote. So it's a you can't even if there's something that you want and you want to bid on, you you have to have that resource. If you reveal the same color that somebody else does, you do another one. You you have to spend more resource to do another bid. If you do the same again, you are required to basically just have nothing. So you're basically trying, if you bid the same as another person, you now are kind of in a uh, a negotiation, like, seriously, how bad do you need that? Because I really need that. <laughs> so it's Monopoly. Not even. <laughs> but it, it, it really is. It's a, it, it's not, it's not a light game by any means, because my goodness, is there, you, you really have to pay attention to what's coming down the road and when to pick up certain people but it it's not a complicated game so i i've loved it it's one of the first games that taught me that that Suze loves games that nobody can mess with her like once she has the person you can't stop her from having that person you can't do anything yeah. viceroy was one of the games that showed me that that was her style of gaming and i think more people need to play it it's a really good game and I think you can get it now for like $16. It, it, you, you need to own it. Uh, I'll look into it. I, I hadn't played that yet. So tomorrow I get to play an awesome game. It's going to be amazing. I just can't even guess what it is. Well, I can see it in front of me. So just tell the people. <laughs> BX version of Dungeons and Dragons. I've never gotten to play BX before. Okay, give give a brief rundown for those people who may not know. What does BX mean? Basic expert. Okay, so you had the box sets that came out. You originally had the Holmes box set, the Mulvey box set, and then you had the Red box from uh, Frank Mincer. So Mulvey is the one that actually gets the title BX, even though it's the same stuff in each one that the first two Mincer boxes have. Um, and his, you know, was basic and expert as well. So it's we're just playing that version of D&D tomorrow. And uh, I get to enter, this one I get to introduce my son to a really old game of D&D. And I'm super excited about it. And it's the one where, like, if you're going to be a human, you can be any class. But if you're a demi-human, which is a term that they use for subhumans, which are elves, dwarves, and halflings, your, your race is... Gives you is your class. Is your class? Yeah. So halfling is a thief. Elf can be a magic user or a thief. Uh, dwarf is either a rogue or a fighter. And human can be uh, all four. Yeah. There's only four classes. There's only four. Yep. Four. So um, I'm excited about that. So I get to play that tomorrow with him, and I get to share an experience with him that I haven't got to do yet. So. It's all cool. right. <laughs> so there's your blast from the past. So here's one thing I, you know, again, like I said, if we're going to do segments, I want to, I want to do it right. I want to have right. fun with these. I don't want to just make it just kind of, this is what people do. 
So we have the tavern. The tavern is literally the reason I'm on Facebook. It It is such a joy to be a part of this community. Uh, we've been doing this for so long that we have people like it's fun. Jeff, uh, Jeff Jackson is our, our moderator as it were. Jeff doesn't really have to do much because like our group has gotten to the point where we almost self moderate. Like before, by the time somebody has brought something to my attention, the community has taken care of it. I love you people. And we want to celebrate the tavern. And they do it. They do it through a means that, like, other people would normally yell and scream at people, but they're they do it with love. I've noticed that a lot. Oh yeah, absolutely. I the tavern is some of my favorite human beings on the planet, and uh, that's why to do these segments, we want to do one called Tavern Talk. Uh, partly because we want to celebrate you guys, and partly because I'm just going to be honest. This is part of our, our 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 scheming, as it were. So if if we are if we find ourselves with a week that we are light on content ourselves, we will go to you guys and farm that out. I'm not even going to, to sugarcoat that. But again, it's because we love you guys. We don't want to do it just to throw stuff out there. Uh, in fact, when we threw it out there this first time, lots of questions got tossed out, and uh, we only we we decided we were going to limit ourselves to three. And, uh, so there's lots of questions that weren't going to be addressed this time and, uh, feel free. We're probably going to do this before we record every time, every time we record from now on, I'm probably going to toss out in the tavern. Hey, what do you want to talk about? So, uh, it's going to be called Tavern Talk and we're going to answer questions from you guys. take this first round thanks everybody again for for all the questions that you got asked um feel free to ask us again when these posts come up and uh yeah so let's let's we're kind of going from simplest to more complex to we're just going to gush for a little bit yeah um the simple one i I mentioned we were going to talk more about restoration games uh i believe it was matt percy who asked, uh, what would you love to see from restoration games in the future? And, uh, I can say for mine, it was easy to answer this because I literally have gone to Twitter to tweet at Justin, the phrase make Omega virus, you cowards. (laughs) (laughs) Omega virus is one of the games from my childhood. It was back in the day of the electronic squawk box. And you are all playing as people from from the mega nations that are now in in the world because a satellite, a war satellite with weapons that like nuclear warheads has the AI of this satellite has been overtaken by a virus and you have to go in and stop the virus. But it's not as simple as just going in and doing some IT work because one the station has security that the virus is taking control of. And two, you need to obtain certain gear because the hard drive, this is literally in, in the instruction manual, the hard drive for it to compute as much as fast as it does spins forward in time. (laughs) (laughs) It spins so fast that it exists in the future. So you need specific hardware to slow it down enough so you can get in there. This game is amazing. The voices of both the the AI and the virus, especially because after a certain point, the the virus starts winning and shutting down sectors. 
And, uh, yeah, the virus starts taunting you and starts making fun of the voice of the AI. (laughs) It's amazing, and I want it in this world. I know I'm not the only one who has told Justin and the guys at Restoration Games that it needs to happen. I'm really hoping that somehow they make it work. So my game is a game that did not stand the test of time. But it does hold a place in my heart. And um, your YouTube feed. Yeah. <laughs> Hero Quest. Um, I think that a uh, good rules revamping a little bit with this one and uh, would make it awesome. I know that it somebody has tried to kickstart a new version of it and it got shut down really quick by Games Workshop. Um, and then... Somebody's also trying to get Lego bits for it. Like, at the Lego Builder level, they, they let you build sets, and somebody's trying to build a set for that without the rules and cards and stuff. And so, like, I know that they're trying to do that, but, you know, outside of that, it's it's just, it could be a great game. And Games Workshop has made a lot of, like, newer just board game type deals that's well, going on right now. The the current people behind Games Workshop are way more open to those kind of discussions than the old school was. Well, it it's not really an issue with Games Workshop. It's an issue with Milton Bradley because it's co-created um, between the two. So they have to come to an agreement again to make the game. So two companies, like national, like multinational in some instances, companies... Uh, coming to an agreement on who makes what amount of money. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Yeah. No, no, it's not going to happen. So, but it would be amazing if it could happen, but I, I don't see it. Anyway, that's, yeah, my thing. Okay. I love it. Uh, this next one comes, comes from Steven Taylor uh, of Games for All and Dungeon Pastors fame. Uh, Steven asked, and this one got this one got Daniel and I talking off mic a lot. Uh, which book series would you love to see turned into a game, and what mechanics would it have? Uh, before we begin on what the the answer is, I I said to Daniel right up front, I want to give this honorable mention because this game does exist. <laughs> uh, my my friends and their friends of Inroads, uh, T. Morris and Philippa Ballantyne, have a a series of books called The Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences. Uh, T and Pip, I've known them for ages. I've, I've met them at conventions before. Uh, T wrote an article for our site about getting back into gaming and playing Dixit with his friends with beer, with significant amounts of beer. Um, they had the Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences is a, a really interesting game in a very steampunk universe. And, uh, they made a role playing game called the Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences or the Ministry Initiative. It's by Galileo Games, and it's based off of the Fate system, so please check that out. It's criminal how few people play that and know that it exists. That said, um, I'm going to take one that does currently exist as a role-playing game because the books exist, not because there's a current 5th edition version. Uh, But the old-school books exist. You could play it as a role-playing game. I'm not talking about the role-playing game. I'd love to see... A board game in the the D and D board game kind of realm, or a miniature skirmish game set in Dragonlance. That 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 warms the cockles of my heart. I I want 
I either want a board game where we're doing stuff in, in Crin. I want, or if nothing else, I want to see. I want to to spend large sums of money to get a giant dragon complete with the lance. I want to have that that I want to reenact the the death of Sturm Brightblade in miniature form. I want, I want. I, I see the game now. I it's want called, it. It's called Miniature Maze or, or Minotaur's Maze, and and so we have a Minotaur at the, the center of these catacombs, and your adventurers are going in there through tiles, randomly select, like in Ravenloft, the board mm-hmm. game. To to get to the Minotaur to kill him and have to pop up with different monsters. I'm I'm telling you, I want I want that because as Daniel's going to say, he and the reason he and I talked about this is because we we both kind of sour on in the past when IPs come to the tabletop gaming space because we don't want to tell that story. We want to tell yeah. our own stories. You're right. So. That I had to th- come up with a world that was interesting, not characters that were interesting. And for me, Crin and, and the the uh, the end of the last home and all those guys. That yeah. Well, uh, going back to that, I strongly dislike IP-driven games. I've never had a good IP-driven game. Like the IP came before the game. Never. Um, but that being said, if I had to pick, I'm a really big fan of Ender's Game, and I would love to see a miniatures game version of Battle School. I don't know how we could do it with all the levitations of you know the kids flying in the big. Oh no no circular. they 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 make you know those plexiglass you yeah know, I know I've, levels I've got. Got some for miniature painting over here. Yeah, so you I could, mean, you could make it work. Yeah, but that I, th- I think that that would be amazing just to try try to do that through miniatures game and like every game session instead of terrain, the big you know polygons would drop down and they couldn't shoot through it and they'd have to go around it and stuff like that. I think I think that would be kind of cool. And you'd have to deal with rust, um, you know, and you'd have to roll to see if you go off course and figure out how to make your, your character move right correctly. And I think if we could come up with a rule set for that, I'm going to put Steven Taylor doing that. He, he <laughs> can come up with that one himself. So, but we got our last question, Mike. Yep, and this one, this one's one that's not complex or deep. It's literally just we're gonna gush for a little bit. Yeah. So the last question was brought up to us as part of of one from uh, Jeff Jackson. We mentioned Jeff. Um, which convention would you like to go to that you haven't gone to yet? And this is funny because we didn't plan on this, but I mentioned one that Daniel goes to. <laughs> Daniel mentioned one that I go to. Yes. Uh, Mike, so, do you want to go first? I, yeah. yeah go for I want to go first because I want to go to PAX Unplugged. And the main reason I want to go to PAX Unplugged, other than see Mike and sit in and play a game with Mike, is to meet Jeff Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, we get to talk off and on a lot, um, somewhat on Facebook and things like that. And he's he, you know... For some reason, if he knows when I'm down, I don't know how he knows it, but he'll send me a message out of the blue. It's like, hey, what are you doing? You want to play a game? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just stuff like that, you know. And I just, I just want to meet Jeff 
because he does so much for inroads in inside the tavern. Yeah, and and out. Let me tell you, he literally did an entire church consultation by himself. Oh, wow. I didn't set him up. I didn't send it to him. He goes, "Hey, I'm going to go talk to this church," and because I know Jeff, and because I know that he knows what we're about, I just said, "Go for it, dude." And he did the whole thing himself. Like he does work, and Jeff is Jeff is an amazing human being, and y'all should get to know him if you can. Uh, likewise. <laughs> No, for me, part of it is because if if Jeff get, Jeff Romo gets back there, I'd love to actually occupy the same space as that man and breathe the same air. But um, ever since our crew decided to go to GaryCon, uh, I I've desperately wanted to go. It's it's the combination of who goes there, like who I know is at GaryCon, and also just the history of it. It just the it's literally put on by the Gygax family and it's it's you want to talk. I mean, you're talking about hanging out and playing games with the people who made them. Yeah. I, I mean, and it's, it's like Margaret Weiss and the Hickmans came down to the board game area to play board games. Now, and granted, you can get that in a lot of conventions. But what the difference between Gary Khan is, is that Gary Khan is a fraction of any of the conventions big enough to pull those people. Like, size-wise, it is nothing compared to those that that are able to pull those big names in. And literally, you could be sitting at the same table with multiple, like, legends of the game. Yeah. And, and of course I want to, of course I want to go to that. Like, there's no reason I wouldn't, let alone the fact that it would be a time to hang out with my boy Derek and see all the guys and run the board game, you know, area and meet people who I've only touched base with on online like Luke. Like that would be amazing. I would love to be a part of that. I, you know, who knows what the future would hold. Um as it stands, one of the things that I temp- I was contemplating putting down was Origins, but I can't confirm anything yet because I'm still in the process of talking out details and potential with my wife. But because of the fact that we've moved to Western Pennsylvania and no longer living in New Jersey, what used to be a two hour car ride has become an eight hour train ride to get to unplugged. I may be going to origins. So we'll keep you posted on that one that, you know, pay attention to future episodes of hype intensifies. But yeah, it, it's Gary Khan. I want to go. I want to go and experience it and be there. Not only to be there with among the legends, but to be there with my people. <laughs> and I want you there too. And hopefully, not this year, because I had to take this year off. I should be back to Gary Khan next year. So we will, you know, who knows what the future holds. All right. This one you may have seen in the tavern. If you are, are one of the people who are among the art community, you may have seen me post a thing that said, I just put a bunch of segment names to the guys. If this one doesn't get used, I'm going to give it to someone because somebody needs to use it. And we're using it. We're using it. You can't have it. I couldn't help but put in the Stranger Things reference because this segment is called Coffee and Contemplation. and it's also for podcasts. And basically what this is, is that this is kind of 
representative of in the old school format what we used to call making the turn. The thing about making the turn was it was always based on what we were playing. But since we're trying to, in light of trying to facilitate not having to do that, not having to rely on having played things, we wanted to come up with a format that does what that did because that's part of what makes Game Store different than any of the other podcasts you could go to, but also does not tie us to gameplay. And so this is basically, we're just going to talk about a topic that's either brought up by something that's happening in gaming or a specific game or a specific gaming experience we've had and how that relates to uh, faith and, you know, the, the Christian life. Yeah. And this one is especially poignant for Daniel and myself because we're going to talk about bringing kids up playing games. <laughs> yes. And it's based on Proverbs 22.6. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. And yes, this applies to the Word of God and the board games. Oh, I've I've used just the phrase train up the train up a child. I can't tell you how many times when it comes to nerdy stuff. So like Sammy, he's getting ready to be three. He's what, a couple months older than Yeah, Noah. Noah, Noah just turned two. Okay. So, yeah, well, he's getting ready to be three in like two months. So, um, or three months. I can't remember. It's, it's like April 14th. So, he's a little bit ahead, a little bit more ahead, and we know how kids develop. Um, so, like, for Christmas, we got him this fish game. So, literally, you have a spinner. You have two of each colored fish, and they have numbers on their tails as well. And... And on the spinner, you have the the colors, and then you also have a hook. So when you spin it, if you get the hook, you don't you lose your turn, and then you keep going until all the fish are gone, and whoever has the most fish wins. And the fish have magnets in them, and you have fishing poles, and you got to go down. And if it drops, you lose your fish. So that was his first game, a dexterity game, and so he loves it. He'll. Literally walk up to me, and it comes in a net, a big net bag. Nice. He goes, fish daddy, fish. <laughs> so I had to set it out, and we literally sit there and play two or three games of it before he's like, okay, put it back. And then I put it back in the bag for him, and he just takes it and walks in it and sticks it in his bedroom. And he loves it. And, you know, I, I did the same thing with Isabel. I did the same thing with Andrew. I started Isabel playing D&D at, like, seven years old. She was playing Hackmaster at seven years old. <laughs> so and amongst other board games things like that but and Andrew was the same way you know as soon as he was old enough to roll dice I was had him at the table Isabel now you know she'll go spend the night with friends the first thing she does is like okay I'm taking this game this game and this game I'm like okay just make sure you bring it back and Andrew's always begging me can we play D&D can I invite so and so over so we can play D&D you know and things like that so well, it's great I going into to uh, when Susan announced, you know, to me that that she was pregnant, and then we announced to everybody else. Uh, everybody and their mother came up to me saying, "Oh, I bet he's going to be playing games like crazy, huh?" <laughs> and and I promised myself, I promised myself, I was not going to be that dad who made their kid be a part of their hobby. I I, I I'm totally made, that dad. I I did not want to be that dad at all. I I wanted to make sure that that Noah never felt pressured to do anything just because I did it. 
at the same point, I was going to make it really, really like nice looking. And I was going to, <laughs> I was going to make convenient. it convenient and convenient. I was going to make sure that if he wanted to play, I would have that available to him. And oddly enough, his first game, I didn't buy him. Well, I didn't buy him specifically. I've been trying to increase the amount of kids games I have on hand just for the ministry. Same here. But the first game specifically bought for Noah was a game. It's 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 a bingo game. It's from the people who it's a series of kids books called like like my first one hundred words. Yeah. And it's literally just picture with you know words, and it's designed to help you learn to read because kids when they're little understand that it's the picture, and that picture means that concept. Yeah. And eventually they pick up, oh, those letters mean that word. It's mm. a, it's a really, you know, novel thing. So they did it with Bingo. And he's like, he's like, Daddy, I want to play. And I said, okay, buddy, we'll play. And we did it. And he's two, so he lost interest like five minutes in. Yeah. But we still did it, and he, he had a fun. So I'm like, you know what? I'm here. Susan can play with him. Let's do, let's pick a game that is a little more advanced so i picked a game that the age range i believe started at six so i'm like noah you can't play this by yourself but mama can help you play and we played uh backyard treehouse and it's basically numbers and colors yeah you're matching numbers and colors that's all it is and uh he loved he loved it and he loved that the first player token was a little wooden hammer that made his day, especially because Sue's really noticed that it made his day. And so every time she put down a treehouse card, she said, you got to nail it in. And he nailed that sucker down. <laughs> you have no idea how happy it was for me to hear Noah look up at me and say, Daddy, I want to play a game with you. It's great. Like, broke my heart in the best of ways when he did it. He came up and said, Daddy, I want to play a game with you. And uh, it's funny because I know that I'm going to have a little gamer on my hands because I mentioned we've been playing Mansky Caper. It was still on the dining room table. It's still on the dining room table right now. And he'll see, he saw it. He saw the box. And uh, he goes, I want to play that. And I'm like, you can't play Mansky Caper, buddy. And he goes, I want Mansky Caper. He literally said Mansky Caper. Mm-hmm. He's two. And I'm like, are, like I, I literally sent Ken Franklin a video of my son saying he wants to play Mansky Caper because that, oh, wow. because that, you know, made my heart jump. That's how we're going to get a Mansky Caper Jr. I told him, <laughs> I told him, Noah, we'll play that game when you're older. And he lost it. No! Want to play Mansky Caper? No! <laughs> So eventually, oh, wow. eventually, I had to I had to change my tactic. I couldn't. I I figured that would make sense to him. Like, oh, nobody. It's for it's for when you're older. No, no. He. I had to change the tactic to a combination of we need more people, buddy, because you can't play it unless it's you, me, and mommy. If not more people, he goes okay. And then I just distract him by putting animal upon animal by Hava <laughs> in front of him, and let him play with the little wooden animals. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was actually getting ready to pull that one out, too. But the actual next game we bought, Sammy, is Count Your Chickens by Peaceable Kingdoms. 
and we're excited because his game night is next Friday. Nice. So we're gonna play that with him. So we're we're super stoked about that. But I mean, if I was to ask you how your life has changed since you had a kid, I'm like on kid three. Yeah. So my life's been this way for the last fifteen years. How's your life changed? Uh, Noah is like if I'm not at work, and no, it's basically if I'm not at work, uh, then my life revolves around how Noah's doing. Yeah, and that's either directly because he's literally tugging at my sleeve, going, "Daddy, play with me," or indirectly because. Our our life is literally dictated by how he's feeling. Has he gotten his nap? When is he getting his nap? Is he napping right now? Yeah. Uh, has he been fed? Does he need a diaper change? Like, <laughs> yeah. So literally, other than the hours I'm at work, yeah, I'm with Noah. So did you expect it to be like that at all? I did. I did expect it to be that way. Uh, I knew that like, that's something that, that my family did now, granted when, when I was a kid, um, we really didn't have daycare. So, uh, it was more intense than what we do now, but as it stands, I work night shift and Susan works, you know, normal human being hours. Yeah. And so we don't have to bring Noah to daycare until like 10 30, 11 o'clock. It's actually pretty good. And so, like, so my morning usually wakes up when he does, so about 5 o'clock in the morning. And then I'm with him, just, I'm making his lunch, I'm making him breakfast, getting him, you know, dressed and out the door, and I'm taking him to daycare. And, and I, and that's what my folks did. My folks, my dad worked days, my mom didn't work when I was real little, but then eventually my dad worked days and my mom worked nights. Yeah. It's just because that's what you do. So I, I was kind of already up to the fact that having a kid means you literally have to change how everything works. And yeah, I mean, with me, it was, you know, like, Isabel, I, I, I worked second shift and just work, you know, days. And uh, I was also a reloader. I reloaded ammunition. And that was my main hobby outside of miniatures and D&D. And... Um, Jessica was like, well, you're going to have to change some of this stuff. And I did. I literally sold a 6,000-point Space Marine Army because Whoa. most of my miniatures were lead. Right. Um, but she's like, well, what about this reloading? You, you can't do that. I'm like, no. I had that child in her car seat, you know, her, her you know, her carry-on Graco car seat in the, in the reloading shop buying powder and bullets with her in hand and tow with me. And, 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 but I kind of regret that a little bit. She <laughs> may have been exposed to a little bit of lead. It may have. <laughs> but no, I, I tell, I tell, I would always tell the doctors, can you run that lead test again? Just make sure. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, like it's the things that we had to give up though. When we're able to go back to it, now we can share it with those kids that we had that kept us from it. And they get to see our excitement, and they get to get excited about it as well. You know, um, Sammy, he'll see a die laying on the ground. He'll pick it up and go, Daddy's die? Yeah. Like, no, that's Andrew's die. Andrew's die? Andrew's got dice? (laughs) Noah already has a set of dice. At two. 
The big and foam ones? No. No. They're legit dice. And guess what? It's because he saw my big bag of dice. And all he wanted to do was throw them out and, you know, just play with them. Yeah. And so what I did was I asked him to pick ones he liked. I literally have. Wait, wait for it. It will bring you along, people. This is a dice bag of my son's dice that he hand-selected from my stash. And you better believe when that kid becomes old enough to want to play a role-playing game, you better believe I am bringing this this bag out and being like, your dice have been waiting for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, if somebody wants to turn it into a heartfelt comic, I would so read that. But, yeah, I mean, it's just... And... Isabel's getting to that age, though, where she doesn't want to do the stuff that I do. And I know it's only because her friends don't do it. And so, like, that's kind of heartbreaking a little bit. But I also have to understand that I didn't like doing some of the things my dad used to do at that age. But I eventually came back to a lot of it. But, you know, it's going back to the verse. Raised them up, and then they'll never leave it. I mean, there's those times when we put it aside for a moment, you know, and we even do that with faith a lot of times. Um, You know, when I got old enough to move out of the house, I quit going to church for a few years. And I realized that my life wasn't going the way God intended it. And so therefore I had to go back to church and um, because to be with God, you know, and I was I was actively running from him. But I knew that's where I needed to be. And it, it goes back to, you know what we're saying, you know, with whatever we do, as long as we teach our kids in love, they're going to love it. Well, and, and it, it, you know, kind of bringing back from, from my story, the reason, a, a large portion of the reason why I said like leading up to Noah's birth, that I didn't want him to feel any kind of obligation to like the things that I liked or do the things that I do is because my dad didn't. Yeah. My dad went out of his way to be like, I want you to participate in the things that I like. But if you try them and you discover that it's not for you, I'm not going to stop you from never doing it again. And it's from simple things like like the, the stuff that he enjoyed. Like he tried to get each one of my brothers and I to play baseball. None of us liked playing baseball. Like absolutely none of us. I, I every once in a while Noah throws a ball like a rocket, so I th- I'm I'm saying that maybe he has an outside shot that the next generation might have one. Yeah. But like he goes, you tried it, you didn't like it, all right. And so it's that, and he also did it with his faith. He literally was like, because we grew up Catholic, and uh, if you've never been experienced to to growing up in a Catholic church. Uh, we did CCD, which I don't even remember, like catechism something. I don't even remember what CCD stands for. But it was basically on Sunday we would go to church and then there'd be church school, basically. And then you go to that you for – Sunday school? No, no, no. It's way different than any Sunday school experience I've been a part of in anything else. But eventually you get confirmation. And confirmation is – establishing that you're now a part of the church and my dad basically said he sat each one of us down and said you have to get confirmed you have to be a part of this church until that point at that point 
if this isn't for you, I will say you can, I will give you no grief if you just want to never go back. But I, I need you to be to this point. And we all did. And then we kindly received our get out of church free card and left. I'm the only one who's gone back. And I, as an adult now, and especially now as a, as a parent, I have a great appreciation for how my dad did that because of the fact that a lot of parents, not whether because they feel they should, or just because they don't know what else to do, feel like they have to force their kids into that, into faith. And my dad's like, no, I believe this is worth doing. I believe God is worth following. If you don't, I'm not going to make you. But I'm going to show you that I think he is. Now, I grew up a little bit differently than that. And that was, you know, I grew up in an apostolic church. That's the Holy Rollers snake handling type thing. We never handled snakes, though. Um, of course, though, my mom wholeheartedly believed that, you know, if I went in church, I was in hell. And she, you know, forced me. And that was one of the reasons why I walked away from it. Right. And, but the thing with, with me is that I became a critical thinker. And again, that goes back to gaming. Gaming helps create that critical thinking part of your brain. And, you know, that's another thing I want to instill in my children. I want my children to come to the faith under their circumstances and, you know, work out their faith between them and God. Right. Not what I, you know, tell them is their faith. And, you know, going back to, you know, your, I kind of wish I had it like your dad gave it to you. But I, I didn't have it that way. And, I, you know, I, I don't want my kids to have to go through that. I mean, I take them to church every Sunday and stuff. And they, you know, into youth and things like that. But, you know, in the end, when they turn 18 and walk out, I, I'm just going to tell them, hey, I love you. I'm always going to be praying for you. You know, if they decide to stay out of church. Because... You don't you don't want this to be a thing that is resented. Yeah. Like that that doesn't do anybody anything. If if all you've you've communicated is obligation and resentment, what what good is that? What value does that have? It doesn't do anything. It's certainly not a testament to who God is. Right. Especially cuz so much of of what God did you know, you could make an argument that is different from the Old Testament and the New Testament. And it, I think it's different, but I don't think it's completely, you know, uh, completely in opposition to each other. So much of this is about invitation. The way that the Jewish people were told to, to proselytize the nations was not to go out and tell people. It's to literally just be who you are supposed to be. Live your life. And when they come to you, this is what you do. And, and so much of what Christ did was literally just like, oh, let me show you. <laughs> let me speak to you. Do you want to come over for lunch? Yes, I do. Yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I, I just hope one day that my kids do follow in my footsteps. You know, and if they have to go some, through some of the things I went through, then I understand that. But I, 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 I don't want them to. That's why I try to tell them my stories and the things I went through as well. So... Yeah, and I think that stuff is needing to be shared. 
like Noah even age even, appropriately. Yeah. Of <laughs> well, yeah. But even even Noah at two knows that these games are important to me. Yeah. I he's rarely ever seen me play them, but he still knows because all he has to do is come upstairs to where he plays with his toy cars and plays with what he refers to as daddy's babies which is my miniatures <laughs> <laughs> he knows that this is important to me and so when he started realizing that he could participate in this thing that's important to me it warmed my heart that he wanted to be a part of it because he knew i was yeah. Not because I made him, but because he knew that I loved him and he loved me and I love this thing. So maybe this thing is something he wants to try too. All right. That's cool. <sighs> it's good to be back, brother. <laughs> I know. I know. It's great. It's great. Oh, wow. We went over it. And, and I, you know, beforehand, we, we like to keep it around an hour, but that's when we were doing like every other week. And yeah, I figured we'll, we'll that, get back there. We'll get back to a nice tight yeah, hour. Yeah. But I, I, th- I think that we have a lot going for us today. Um, we hadn't got to talk. I mean, this is the first time me and you've sit down and talked. That wasn't, that wasn't <laughs> verbally. A, yeah. That wasn't a like text on a screen. Yeah. In months. And it's mainly because we've been busy. I mean, we hadn't been able to do board meetings in a while. We hadn't been able to do, like, you know, we were working on getting together every Saturday morning and just praying for each other. And, and, and that was a work, which was only slightly successful. One time. Yeah. But, you know, it, it was scheduling conflicts, which hopefully we got taken care of. Right. I'm glad to be back at the mic. I really am. But it's not the mic, mic, but it's still the mic. Yeah. Oh, the mic, mic. <laughs> It's in the basement still. Well, I, Daniel, I, I know that, that you've been doing a, a yeoman's work and occasionally you actually get it correct yeah. when you say it at the end. But it's been a really, really long time. Go for it. The phrase that I helped create, the phrase that I've been saying off and on for seven years, I I really want to, I want to say it again. Do it. Do it. Do oh, it. Always remember. God is the game master, and no matter how the dice fall, the game plays on.